This episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast is brought to you in part by No Judges Needed BJJ Apparel and Lavender Lane CBD Products. You can use the promo code JJT for 20% off your first order at No Judges Needed and the code JJTimes20, all uppercase, last two items are numerical, for 20% off your first order of CBD products. Thank you very much for sticking with us. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher, and returning guest, fan favorite of both yours and mine, (laughs) Third Coast Grappling Promoter, uh, military veteran, and all-around solid, solid dude, built like a brick shithouse, Ryan McGuire, the man himself, (laughs) Mr. McGuire. Thank you for coming back. You're one of our... First you're, repeating guests. How are you doing? You're I mean, I enjoy I enjoy talking with you guys, but just to correct the record, I'm built like a shit house, not a brick shit house. <laughs> like just a complete shit house. Cause I've basically like exonated the jujitsu training um for right now just because you know it's uh it's just been too risky in between events. I've been trying to like self-quarantine in between and just kind of stick with my family and stay at home and kind of just stay away from it. Cause after this last event, we kind of had our first um i guess scare you could say like i'm starting to like know a lot more people like personally that are becoming covid 19 positive and it's just uh it's starting to hit close to home so there was some crossover stuff with our event and other people's stuff that we had to sort out but it ended up you know everybody else tests you know there was um you know everybody was negative at our event except for somebody else that was kind of not associated it wasn't associated with our event it happened at another event but we definitely you know we we woke up to that and i I talked to the people that we have on staff like our doctors and people have been working with us and kind of started getting uh figuring out what we got to do to to legitimize this thing we can't be allowing athletes uh, to compete on our mats with COVID 19 can't allow my staff to you know host the events you know COVID 19 so we're, we're definitely you know i've kind of enlisted a a rapid testing um uh, deal where we're going to brought in somebody that has the COVID-19 rapid blood test and we're going to basically run it ourselves. And, uh, you know, we're all getting training on it this week. And then, you know, it's going to be something that's going to be standard for us moving forward, at least for the, for the time being. Okay. Well, just, uh, you, you briefly s- talked about, um, the, the problems that you ran into, uh, putting this latest show, this latest Kumite tournament together, uh, absolutely stacked card, a lot of high level talent, but talk about how the situation developed in your state of Texas as the lead uh, in the lead up to uh, this card, just because it was a pretty big deal, how things were getting. And there was a lot of worry yeah, uh, leading up to it. Yeah. There's the same worry for this one, but I mean, honestly, it's uh, back then it was everybody in 4th of July. I mean, not 4th of July, Memorial day kind of started the whole thing. And then it was kind of like, there was a lot of big uh, protests in Houston, which is kind of uncharacteristic for the city. And it was like all this mixing, going to the beach, um, you know, Memorial Day, the protests. And then I think just enhanced testing really led to uh, a big spike in numbers in Houston, because I think in Texas, we were one of the slowest to actually roll out, you know, good testing sites, you know, to be able to, you know, because Texas is a pretty big state. So you got a lot of rural areas, you got a lot of areas that aren't close to, you know, big cities. So, I mean, it's really spread out. So, I mean, uh, I think the governor kind of took a good uh, approach by going like county by county, like Harris County, which is Houston, has over 40,000 cases right now. And Galveston County, where I'm from and where we host the events, has like 3,500 or under 4,000. And then where we've, where we've been hosting the events is in Friendswood, Texas, which is, I think, 280 cases as of today throughout the whole pandemic. So, 
I mean, we've been kind of, you know, we've had an epidemiologist that works with us and people like that that have been really helping us look at the numbers and decide the safest way to go. And, you know, I was really anti-mask for, for our being told or telling people they have to wear a mask. Like I, we always provided them. But now it's, a, you know, in Texas is a mandatory masking uh, on top of, uh, you know, with, with, the, with the testing we're going to do with the athletes and then just kind of a few other things we're going to do show wise that I think will make it even, you know, even safer. Because, I mean, the, the other option is shut down and I'm not going to be shut down unless they shut us down. So that's kind of where we're at with all that. Um, have, has, uh, any of these new policies, uh, rubbed any of the athletes the wrong way? Just cause I know there was a, there's probably, was there any concern leading up to this match from, from different, uh, athletes because of how the spikes were happening in Texas or was, was everyone pretty uh, much game? I'll be honest with you. I mean, the athletes were, they were like, they're ready to go. You know, yeah. it was, uh, you know, they were, they, they didn't really care. I mean, we had doctors there that were doing what we had to, we had them sign waivers. And I think that's what you're going to see is really big. That's going to come about because the, you have to allow spectators back when the NFL starts and the NFL will start, you know, they're, they're going to allow spectators, but they're going to make sure that if you're attending, you have to sign a waiver that says, Hey, if you get sick from here, you can't sue the team. So we've been doing that since day one with, with our Kumite events with spectators, you know, we're like, Hey, sign this. These are the risks. This is what could happen please sign that you're not going to sue us. Like, we're, this is crazy. We're throwing it, but you know, we had to cover ourselves in that way, but we've, we've been offering masks and, and, and stuff throughout. So, I mean, we've tried to do the right thing, but uh, Texas was kind of the wild west there for a little bit. And, you know, I really wasn't into forcing people to wear masks and do all kinds of stuff. If it wasn't mandated yet. So we were just kind of just going with the, with the, you know, the changes day to day. I know that the mandates have changed, but uh, you personally have you have your opinions on masks changed at all? Just not to hold you to it, but I am curious. Yeah, um, I think a, a, a product of somebody that 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 is a high level thinker, somebody that wants to kind of you know see see things for what it is and and kind of can look at things kind of unbiasedly. They should be able to look at the data and support and, and against and then, you know, discern what makes sense to you as a person and then use common sense. And common sense says that everybody should be wearing a damn mask right now if you're out in a public place. And, uh, yeah, they could say, oh, well, I don't care if I get it. So if you're wearing the mask, aren't you protected? I, you hear a lot, all that. And I was all mixed up in that. But what it comes down to is kind of like a show of respect at this point. You know, like if you're out in public, uh, wear a mask. I mean, if you're around people that, you know, could possibly be symptomatic or you're kind of in a high risk environment, which you can kind of, you know, tear off at like gym levels and this and this. I mean, but I think just uh, the bottom line is just wear a mask, wash your hands and be a responsible adult. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, it's not too much to ask, right? I mean, that, I mean, I guess it was because if people were, we wouldn't have had all these big spikes and shutdowns and everything. But I think people are really getting in line. I see mo more masks and I see more people kind of taking it seriously now. So I guess yeah, I just I wrote a I wrote an article uh, for a different publication that should be coming out next week about about mask wearing, and I did a whole lot of research on it. And um, it's amazing to me that I still see people that are holding out on the idea of not wearing a mask for various reasons, whatever whatever conspiratorial thoughts they have towards it. It's fairly obvious i mean there were a lot of mistakes are made there wasn't a lot of clarity and there was not a unity and leadership on whether or not a mask was important or not but the idea is is that you know masks aren't there to protect you you're not the the, the virus particles are too small to be protected from a mask when you ingest uh -huh. it but when you breathe them out they're attached to large droplets uh -huh. of water 
and these moisture that the viruses don't come much as virus particles that come out as moisture particles which mm-hmm. can attach to the mech so now if you're asymptomatic and you're walking around you might be safe you're not exposing other people mm-hmm. which then thereupon makes the, the the virus more rampant so it's more ready available for uh for other people to uh that are immune compromised to catch it yeah it's yeah, just it's, it's, it's beyond me it's the science is so simple and it makes me crazy when i see people say i couldn't wear a mask for 20 minutes when i go walk through walmart so i couldn't possibly wear a mask for an hour while i'm at an event it's like you're just you're just making i mean honestly what we're gonna do is like i mean the the rules are is that you have to have your mask on unless you have a food or beverage so we do allow free vip beer for our vip holders so they have a beer in their hand i mean they can have their mask off drinking the beer. i get it too man you know it's like it's the same thing at restaurants you know back and forth back and forth i mean we're trying we're trying to keep it as safe and as normal as possible and i mean when it came down to it, it was kind of more of like a i'm real the, the government really has fumbled this thing and so i'm having a really hard time listening to much of anything they're telling us yeah, to do. that's that's the problem that's the biggest you know? problem so that's that's kind of where i was at with like the anti-mask like oh well because who was saying don't wear masks cdc saying wear masks right. and dr fauci saying it doesn't matter if you wear like it's just there was just so much disinformation is so that's why i was lucky to have two people in my network that are good friends of mine that uh you know he's out there uh one of one of our guys dr degar is out there building a, a covid lab right now in minnesota you know like so we have some guys that are really you know in the mix that have given us you know outstanding advice from the beginning i mean they they weren't always in line with what we wanted to do they can advise but ultimately i was trying to just keep the show going because i mean that was one thing i wanted to show was the consistency like right. look we, we we had our we had to cancel our event for covid19 last time and there was a lot of stuff that came out around that that was kind of disinformation that wasn't true. So it was kind of like, let's get back to work. Let's put out a solid series of shows. Let's get consistent again, and let's just get get back to work and let our work do the talking. So I kind of I kind of took a step back and just and just focused on work. And that's all. That's all we could really do. I mean, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we're online yeah. kicking each other's asses all day yeah. and uh, talking. All, I mean, it just it was the, the, like toxic. Social media became so it's toxic. So toxic. <laughs> and, it, and, and it was it was to the point to where I was like, I'm just. gonna I can't do this, so I just kind of tunnel visioned into into our into our um, into our event, and we made a lot of changes over over the last four months. Uh, we trimmed staff. We've uh, you know re- restructured. Obviously, we're doing tournaments right now instead of super fights. I mean, there's just a lot of things we had to do to adapt to the to the times. So um, until you do, you adapt or you die. You know. So we're just trying to put on the best show still that we can given the circumstances. Yeah, I actually wanted to bring that up with uh, one of the images on your uh, the public social media page here. Now, obviously, you're, the, the brand of Third Coast Grappling has always been party environment, like a, a fun experience for everybody. Uh, was it hard to generate that in this in this type of venue? Because I saw that the, the, the venue ended up being, it looks like a, a gym. Yeah, well, uh, it's, like a, it's like a big multi-purpose, like, multi-use facility type thing and we just threw the mats right on the turf and built a custom production you know around it i mean that's kind of my my bread and butter is like to do these pop-up things i used to do outdoor festivals and all kinds of stuff so it was it was a, a unique challenge to try and put together something that looked good in person and in tv and it is what it is we're not trying to be you know um you know the most overproduced you know spending fifty thousand a hundred thousand dollars on production i mean we're, we're trying to give an underground vibe for the times that we're in you know we don't need some giant venue when we can only sell a hundred, you know, tickets to a hundred spectators because of occupancy limits. You know what I mean? So, so it was a matter of, you know, being able to have enough space to, to do the event and to still keep it fun and still make it a third coast grappling show. But we kind of got put in timeout after last event because 
uh, you know, I kind of led by wrong example. And I like to, you know, we were drinking a couple of the free beers on the broadcast and having a good time. And, you know, so, uh, you know, the flow grappling guys are like, hey, your commentators are being drunk assholes. So can we, can we, uh, can we, can we cut back on the booze? So we had to, uh, that's a new one. So Third Coast Grappling is an alcohol free event from now on. So no more, no more leisure beers during the event. So we're kind of, that's funny. It's, it's been fun, man. These, these shows have been a trip. I mean, like having Andre of Allentown almost all of June last month was, was insane just to be able to sit down and talk with him and pick his brain on stuff and just, Shanji was there yet uh, last event. I mean, you just had some, I mean, cyborg, I mean, just gigantic name after gigantic name. So it was, uh, it's been cool, man, just to sit and talk with these guys in this, in such a intimate environment. So people seem to really be into it. The energy is really high. I mean, we've been having, um, you know, sports guys are still coming out. Brian Cushing, Astros, uh, shortstop, Carlos Correa came out. So, I mean, we've just had, we've been having just, I mean, ticket sales are better now than right now for this coming event than they've been for, you know, all the other three. So it's, it's a weird time. Like people are supposedly scared, but they're not scared to go to a jujitsu event or grappling event. So I don't know. We're, we're just trying to make it as safe as possible. All, all I want to know is when you're going to have uh, Kevin Gallagher highlight one of these shows. Just, <laughs> just like everyone knows that's the draw. That's you know right. what I mean? I was we're going to have a Masters <laughs> championship. But, uh, you know, since we're in gimmick matches, it's going to be actually two guys, and they're going to have like two beer steins, like German style. <laughs> and they got to chug them, and then they got to grab them. And then <laughs> I think I'm down. My my knees so <laughs> fucked up anymore, man. I, I'm starting to to think my competition days are behind me, man. <laughs> I'm enjoying. I'm it. feeling the same. I turned 35, and it was just like, just okay, well, now it's coronavirus. Now it's this, and it's like, I don't know. I'm I'm ready to get back to training. But <laughs> do, it, do you guys? Do you guys? Do you guys want me to make you both feel like shit tomorrow on July 8th? Because we're recording this the 7th. That is my 24th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy that's crazy yeah. if you were yeah. if you were a chick i'd probably date you but that's just oh and you've ruined it you've taken <laughs> all oh, kevin gallagher man. has single-handedly taken joking. all the joy i felt and destroyed it you've destroyed it mr anyway. gallagher anyway as i lose as i lose uh fans and uh <laughs> I mean, like, kevin bradley if they said you know what we're gonna make you a female. You'd be an attractive female. Yeah, they yeah. usually get. Well, I mean, get pretty skin, right? Okay, let's. I've gone from looking forward to my birthday, celebrating another year alive, to wishing I had never been born in zero Creepy seconds. Old man, don't worry about us. We're still okay, here. and what the fuck was I even gonna say? Uh, you, you, that's so thoroughly thrown me off. Let's let's cut to something else. Let's just talk about this. This card, this absolute, like the units here are just, they're, they're blowing my mind. How did it feel putting this together? What was like the thought process? Just because we've had, um, we've had like matchmakers like Heather Standing on from Submission Underground. So we know a little bit about how, what it takes to wrangle uh, talent for stuff like this. But, but how do you deal with it? Um, honestly, mine stuff is real analytical. I like to go and look at, you know, cause we have a certain criteria and stuff that we go by, you know, to that kind of affects how we, you know, how, how we do our show. I can't get too much into it cause it's contract stuff, but, um, there is certain things that we have to do, you know, contract wise. So that's start with that. Right. And then I start researching, I start reaching out to guys, reaching out to coaches and I start kind of pinpointing the guys or I usually put a target list together of, of the guys that I want, you know, starting with like number one 
through 10. And then I start researching them, looking at them, looking at styles. And like from the first one through the fourth one, it's just been like a dream. It's been like a dream kind of uh, being able to put together some of these matches. Like, for instance, I mean, you know, I get Roberto Jimenez to say yes, Nicky Rod, Cyborg, Arnaldo, uh, Lucas, Felipe, Gustavo, and Johnny. I mean, getting them to say yes. And then it's like, <laughs> now I get to make the brackets. So <laughs> it's kind of like a, like a mad scientist thing because I don't do seating. I don't do anything. Like, I know that people want to see Nicky Rod and Roberto Jimenez fight each other if they're in the same bracket at all. So how do I guarantee that we see that? I put them in the first one. I don't want to take chance and be like, oh, well, if he beats so-and-so and he beats so-and-so and then they meet in the finals and then we'll get to see it. I'm like, no, like we're going to get our money's worth right off the bat. So, I mean, it's it's all about creating super like exciting matches because regardless of who wins, like if Cyborg beats Arnaldo, you've got either Roberto Jimenez or Nicky Rod versus Cyborg to go to the finals. Like that there alone, I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, it, it writes itself. I'm trying yeah. to find a series, like a, a, a combination that I'm not happy with, and I'm not coming up with anything. I'm um, I'm pretty satisfied. Yeah, like I was like Felipe and Lucas is going to be a barber. I mean, Felipe looked really good in the gi. You know, uh, he came up short. You know, uh, to uh, to Victor, but he looked great, man. And then what he did to Gustavo's let like man, like just seeing those ankle, them belly down ankle locks from like straight, like up close. Like Gustavo looked, just had a sheer tear on his face. I mean, those things looked like they were about ready to snap his legs off. And then afterwards, he just was like iced down, like from let. I was like, Jesus. But I mean, dude, Johnny Thomas, the smallest, take... the smallest competitor in your event, Johnny Thomas. Yeah, Johnny Thomas. I think he's like 175 or something. So yeah, he's, he's like, he's awesome. All I got to do is ask. And he's like, yes, whatever, man. So <laughs> it's like, let's go. So uh, I wanted a smaller guy, smaller, scrappy guy in there to kind of. To kind of do the David Goliath thing in the in the first right. round and see see how it goes and then, but uh, it's it's more for excitement, man. I mean, we also have the Gordon Ryan thing with Leofy that we're doing. Um, you know, I've been uh, getting the logistics and everything of that planned out, working with Travis, the new president over there, and a lot of people, um, you know, within the foundation. So we're really coming up on, uh, you know, Brian Marvin, his uh, his opponent is actually a former president of Weedify. So, you know, I know there's a uh, I know there's a lot of stuff out there about Gordon about what he says about this and that and that and that. And that. And I don't defend it. Uh, you know, I, I've said way dumber shit than he said in my life. And uh, but it, it's not an excuse, you know, like I can, I, I want to play the character and morality to police as much as I can. But I know the guy I've talked to him, you know, about what he's saying. And, and a lot of the stuff, you know, it's just a matter of age and growing up. You know, I don't think I'm going to take away a guy's, you know, uh, way to make a living or, or whatever. If he comes to me and says, I want to raise money for a charity, I don't want to be paid anything and I'll show up and, and do this. I'm not going to turn that down when I can leverage the biggest name in grappling to raise potentially, you know, our milestone for, for Saturday night's 50 grand. So if we get 50 grand, that's 25 uh, soldiers that are going to get, you know, a year of training, you know, for free, just based off, off of that event. So, I mean, charity, I'm all in right now. You know, um, there's nobody really to fight Gordon and there's not the economics in the, in the game right now to really support, you know, the amount that he gets paid. So, um, I think this is kind of the, the best route for him, you know, going through to ADCC is to do some, maybe some exhibition matches and some, you know, some fun, you know, off kilt matches and just see how it goes. But I mean, he's going against Brian Marvin. It's going to be fun. Kind of like a Rocky Thunderlips kind of thing. Not really like Rocky fighting Clever Lang or Apollo. You know what I mean? It's going to be, it's going to be fun. But I mean, the main attraction is obviously the Kumite, but Gordon will be that main super fight at the top. So, you know, with Gordon Ryan brings in all kinds of fun attention. <laughs> So, so is there any uh Gordon made a post right when this announcement prior to this announcement coming up about how there was going to be a charity event 
with some one of the a great grappler in the community, retired grappler, someone that's a, like a big big name in the community, and then kind of somewhat backtracked a little bit and said that alluded towards the fact that there were other people that were asked to compete in this charity event that turned down the opportunity. Can you, uh, can you expand upon that? I mean, and the only reason I ask is because just like you said, like you can say whatever you want about Gordon Ryan. I, I honestly don't appreciate some of the things he says, but Me like neither. at the end of the I day, mean, he, knows, he knows that I, I yeah. don't, we didn't talk for, I think almost, I mean, after the three CG thing and he, you know, he lost out on 20 K and we had to cancel the event. Right. I mean, we weren't very happy with each other there for a little right. bit. You know, I'm not going to sit here and act like, you know, we've been best friends through all this. I mean, there was definitely some heat uh, that had to be sorted out. But, you know, I'm a pretty reasonable guy. I mean, unless you fuck me over about two or three or four different times, excuse my language. Right. I mean, I'm usually going to, if you're man enough to come talk to me and we can work our differences out and, and misunderstandings where we're at, I'm willing to give you another shot. I did it with Tex Johnson. I've done it with, with other, you know, people that may have had some character issues or may have, you know, got themselves into something. You know, I have no problem helping people out because, you know, if there wasn't people there to help me out when I was down, I mean, I never would have been able to cut you know get where i was at so yeah and I mean, the fact the fact that he's coming out and doing this charity event like you can say whatever you want about him and you know and, and at the end of the day like everything he does he's a kid he's voicing his opinion on fucking facebook and what are we gonna do we're gonna throw him in jail for that just because it's I, not I you know say, some of the things he says are cringeworthy but that's what he believes and he's a young kid that maybe doesn't understand I mean, the like world it, as much, but he's literally one year older to yeah. the day than i am his birthday is tomorrow too and kevin's pretty woke though you know kevin's pretty smart yeah, he is, he is a worldly kid. But the idea is is that, you know, what he says is what he says. I can't say I agree with it. And I think some of the things he says are very, very cringeworthy. But there's nothing, you know, he, he toes the line of, uh, of you know, in, in propriety and, and not. He kind of plays that little game. But that's beside the point. The point I'm trying to make is it's amazing. Again, you can say whatever the fuck you want to say about him. I'm not donating my time and effort to raise money for a charity organization, which I care enough about was We Defy. So I applaud him for that regardless. The question I wanted to ask you, can you shed any light on the idea that there were other grapplers? Because Brian Murray – Well, this, this wasn't even about – this that, what, that post he was talking about wasn't even our event. Oh, was he it a different had, event? No, he had something set up with Flow Wrestling, I think, to do something with Steve Mako, but the logistics didn't work out, and uh, you know, he ended up, you know, they ended up not doing it. So, I mean, this I've been talking to Gordon about this for a little while now. Like we we were waiting for things to kind of to kind of for kind of the stars to align, and this did. You know, he's coming out to coach Nikki Rod. I think Jay's coming out too, and then uh, you know, we've got his girlfriend competing uh, with the benefits from their match, going to uh, an alopecia uh, charity for for uh, Mona Bailey. You know, I'm sure you guys know who she is. She's kind of like the Alabama. Yeah. 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 So she's fighting uh, Gordon Ryan's girlfriend in an all subs legal no gi match. She's only like 15, 16 years old. Yeah, she's yeah, 16. So she's coming cool, in, though, man. That's, I, so I, I was curious if, if Brian Marvin was the original competitor. There. It, it, well, my idea initially was to bring somebody like gigantic in, right? But most right. people right now are like, you know, there's just, uh, you know, Gordon is a unique character in the way that you know he either will alienate or he'll bring you in and he's you know he's a he's a he's a relatively good guy you know most of my dealings with him so he's a you know when, when it came down to making the match it's it's easy to work with Gordon because like he'll say yes to anything pretty much I mean if it makes sense and the and the Brian Marvin thing with him being the former president of We Defy he's hosted Gordon before for seminars at his gym 
we all know each other. There's a trust there. There's a relationship there because it's also, it comes down to, you know, people trusting each other and Gordon being able to trust somebody is not going to come in there and try and do something stupid when he's, when he's in it, expecting it to be an exhibition. And, right. you know, so it was just a matter of also finding the right opponent. I think Brian, he's a, he has a big following here in Houston. He has, he runs a, a group of Henzo Gracie affiliates here in Houston. And, uh, you know, it's just, he's, he's, he's well known in the veteran community. Like I said, former president of We Defy. So, it just made sense. It's like I said, it's a special attraction. It's an exhibition and a chance to raise some money for a good cause. I mean, we're not out here trying to put, you know, not like literally no match Gordon versus anybody really even tickles my fancy right now. Like, like, so it was like, there's, there's nothing really out there. I mean, oh, not, okay. All right. Hey, Ryan, I was going to say something, but I'm just going to float an idea out to you. Uh-oh. Uh, Gordon Ryan, Mikey Musumeci in the gi. You know, that's all I'm saying. Just putting it out well, there. Gordon, I know it won't happen. I know it won't, but oh my God, I would love it. I'd love it he so said much. That Gordon said he couldn't pass his guard. He told me directly, he's like, I could not pass Mikey's guard in the game. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I couldn't do it. Like there was just, <laughs> there was no way. So, oh. I mean, I'd love to see it, but getting Gordon in the gi, I don't think that's ever going to happen because okay. I tried to for this. Okay. Oh, how, about this this? how about this? How about this? Mikey in the gi, Gordon uh, rash guards. Just just like, like let's make Samba it a complete. Like yeah. Samba. And like, yeah. Samba. That's I just great. I need this to happen. What do I need to what what rules do I need to bend and twist and make up in order to make this happen? DM me that, later after this. That show, sounds like a flow grappling who's number one match or something. Something crazy. Uh, like and, Herbert and, Santo versus a goat on live like <laughs> or something. I don't know. Like it's 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 uh that, that's that's more of them. Like I'm saying, we're gonna get away from these gigantic. I mean, if the super fights are gonna happen on our events. They're gonna happen on a in our tournaments because I'm we're structuring like we're gonna roll out August eighth at double elimination uh, tournament with some of the top 170 guys and below uh, in the world. I mean we've got uh, Rotolos, Wagner, Dante Leon. I mean we're gonna bring in the top, literally top lightweights and nogi in the world for that that eight man double elimination. So we're gonna see potentially 15 matches between potentially top five guys in the world. You know, it's going to be insane. Like that double elimination thing is going to change the game. Now, uh, real quick, just because you talked about uh, shifting away from like big marquee uh, matches to, to mm -hmm. diversifying what you're doing with like the tournaments, uh, you, you briefly talked about this matchup, which I, th mm -hmm. I thought was very interesting uh, Bailey versus Santoro. Uh, uh, lower belts, like, like not. I love uh, lower like, belts. I love them. No, uh, yeah, I was just actually uh, that I was using this as a way to ask, like, yeah. are you are we going to see more super fights or, or big matches with like different belt levels? Just because I know you've yeah. been doing that for a while, but are we going to see more marketing behind yeah. them? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, this this event, I think every super fight on the event besides Maggie Grandotti versus Veda Toscano is between blue belts. So it's a uh, blue belt ladies, blue belt males. But a lot of the blue belt men, men I've been working with have been uh, collegiate wrestlers or high school wrestling backgrounds. They get their blue belts that have very high level pedigrees in wrestling because they bring that wrestle jitsu style is so exciting, man. When you bring in a blue belt that has that wrestling engine that knows a little bit about, you know, what they're doing a little bit and you throw them in there against, you know, maybe just, uh, you know, somebody, just a normal blue belt or somebody that just has jujitsu experience. Like we're going to see it this weekend with uh, Dakota Hope versus Victor Sieber. It's a pure jiu-jitsu guy versus a pure collegiate wrestler guy mma you know he's probably fight away from the ufc right now so i mean that's something we're trying to do it's not i mean i think the belts are kind of they're, they're kind of inconsequential to me because i mean you go to brown belts and you match the top brown belts together which we've done at our qualifiers events and you're going to get a lot of 
tactical type matches to where they're playing the rules or they're playing more the you know the, the you know there's kind of more they're more fluid like if you get a blue or purple belt and you throw them in there they usually go ape shit because they love the attention and, it, and they don't really care and they're not too they can still caution to the wind so i think the majority i mean a lot of our our, our brackets that we did the kind of the what kind of honed us up for these kumite events was our qualifiers events because we did normally have two brackets eight eight man or eight woman brackets with super fights in between it so just for time's sake and to kind of make it a more watchable and palatable event so people could watch from beginning to end we just took the one bracket and lined up six or seven local super fights to kind of help with ticket sales a little bit but also you know to kind of just give a buffer in between the tournament and the matches so that's kind of how we came up with like the the 13 match sweet spot we're at right now with it you know, and a lot of a lot of times now, you're talking about the inconsequential or inconsequential, whatever I can't think of the word. Inconsequential, inconsequential nature of, of the belts, and uh, you know the the reason being is because you know we're starting to see such an influx of first of all, you have ridiculously mm-hmm. high level uh, athletes that are now turning to jujitsu because jujitsu is fun. It's becoming more mainstream, mm-hmm. so you're attracting more talent. But you're also starting to see the reality of these young superstars that have been training since they were, you know, 10, 12 years old, like William Tackett and Roberto Jimenez that, you know, Roberto Jimenez just got his black belt recently, but, you know, you know, he's been training for, you know, 10 years, five years old. Yeah. In, in, in the time that, in that time when you're learning things at such an accelerated level at that young age that now, you know, you've forgotten more about jujitsu than most black belts, that have been training for you know a similar time frame. So you're seeing these guys like William Taggart. Like William Taggart's a fucking black belt. I mean, he's, he competes at a black belt level because he's only a kid. He hasn't got his black belt yet. So. I mean, he'll tell you he's a he's a brown belt in the gi, but I mean, right. in the in no gi, he's definitely a black belt. You know, he oh, did that. Amazing. He did that kumite in the gi with us and had a tough outing against Pedro Mourinho. You know, in that first uh, in that match between them and the gi, but you know, in no gi, I think he's 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 very hard to beat. You saw it at Jits King. I mean, he did a. Uh, he did pretty well there and then just, you know, just ended up losing to Roberto at that split last second. So it was, uh, I think William's right there with him. I mean, William obviously is, is a phenom himself. He's been, he's, I mean, Berto grew up together doing, you know, running the same yeah. circuits in Texas. And I mean, they've trained together, they've made each other better. And Roberto's just hitting a, he's like in a weird matrix zone right now with his jujitsu. Cause he's like, he's putting stuff together. Like if you watch that body locked back take he did, like it was like three moves, like he was anticipating ahead. So he, he his partner picks him up. He's in full guard. And then he drops his weight, basically stand up, hit that inside or Sotogari or whatever it is to kind of trip the guy. And then off of that, he goes to the body lock straight to the back and anticipates the Granby roll and ends up on his back. I was like, this is like, where is this jujitsu coming from, man? Like, this was unreal. Yeah, Jimenez, like Jimenez is good, man. I, I was at that Jits King uh, in Tampa or in Largo a couple, about a month or so ago and mm-hmm. watching those young and up and coming stars. It was impressive to see how good those guys are and how complete the game is and you know when you're starting to see a lot of these younger competitors and I, we're the the time of you know the, i'm a points guy or i'm a submission only guy like those yeah. those days are gone now like if you don't have a complete game where you're consciously thinking of submissions and understanding positional jujitsu and scoring points uh-huh. at the same time like you just have no business being on the mat at a high competition level and like these yeah. young guys like they're not they're coming from a different era they're coming from training everything and all it's all going to be like Colabate and the and the younger even the younger Jessica like Jessica she's a brown belt but Colabate he's like 14 or I mean there's just a new there's a whole another wave coming the Andrew right. Tackett you know Wayne's younger brother 
I mean, there's just a whole nother wave of young killers that, that we're getting ready to put on, you know, that we're going to put on from Texas. And I've been talking to the guys in Florida as well. You know, Wagner wants to bring some of his kids out, you know, next time and have them compete against some Texas talent and do some stuff like that. So, I mean, we're, we, we're all about the Florida love, but the only issue is, is Florida and Texas is in our coronavirus <laughs> numbers. So I know. Florida is like, right there with you. You were talking about Texas being the wild west. Like Florida's not too far away from that, dude. Yeah. We just figured, ah, fuck it, just open back up. I couldn't believe like the beaches and just like every. I mean, everything just went to shit. I mean, we we did it hard. Me and my wife and my daughter. I mean, my wife was in school and her classes all got pushed. You know, back home, my daughter got pushed from school, and then I worked from home, my home office. So that we're stuck for like almost three months. Just, just in a rotation in our apartment. We moved into a house throughout the coronavirus thing, but we were still in my apartment, which was just a you know a little two bedroom. So going through that experience oh, and just yeah. being so and you know thinking the business is falling apart, the world is falling apart, but really <laughs> just being able to nut up and just hone in on on what mattered. And you know we did a lot of those podcasts and stuff. I was like I hated it. Like I was so anxious and nervous. I like mad props to you guys because like just doing it the way I, I was doing them. Like I was just. I was like disgusted. Like I was like, every time I get done, I'm like, oh God, why did I have to do like, why did I see that? Why are you doing live podcast you human scum? What is wrong with you? <laughs> but then it was a, it was a good learning experience, but you know, getting to do like Eddie Bravo and Dracolino and like, you know, Tim Kennedy and, and, a, and a lot of these guys, when you do a podcast with people, you essentially have done a project with each other. So it kind of builds that rapport for the future. So, you know, once you work with somebody in that fashion, you know, it makes it open for that net, you know, for you to be able to still network on other things outside too, that, right. you know, you build some kind of a connection with them, some kind of yeah, professional kind of the idea behind it to keep us relevant. And also just to kind of just build connections with those players in the, you know, in the sport while, while we're still pretty in an uncertain territory. Are you sad, lonely, scared? Do your friends point and laugh at how bad your outside heel hooks are? Have you given up hope? Well, chin up, comrade! BJJ Black Belt and purveyor of fine coffee, Josh Starlord LaDuke is here to change your life. Buy his new DVD, Quantum Breaking Mechanics, with the link in the description to gain all the secrets of foot mangling and knee wrecking to destroy all who stand in your way. Now, Josh doesn't know we're sharing this, so act fast before he finds out and unmakes us with the power of his mind. Shit, that's him. Oh, he's pissed. Uh, Anyway, I I gotta go, but uh, click the link and uh, always heel hook responsibly. Yeah, I I just hope I there's the the part of me now is forced to believe the narrative that this won't be as bad that the death rates are starting to, to decline and the reason why we're seeing more people uh test positive is because we have more testing and it's younger people and blah 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 blah. that's the narrative that you know myself mm-hmm. and you have been forced to deal with because we live in texas and florida where everything was you know the, the handcuffs were taken yeah. off so in my heart of hearts i'm hoping that that gamble is correct because if it's not, <laughs> well, we're, well, here's, we're in here's, trouble. Here's the thing I think we're all seeing too is that, you know, the B, like, as much as we all love the, all the drama and bullshit that happens in jujitsu, normally yeah. 
for me, it, it doesn't. I, well, I sometimes <laughs> I eat it up. It's like my it's like my reality TV. You know, I don't watch reality TV, but if if, Gordon, if there was no drama in jujitsu, none of us would have jobs. Well, I, so we, <laughs> we want our silence to be the biggest fuck you of all time. Like we just want our silence and our work to be the biggest fuck you. Like I don't have to say fuck you. I don't have to get in an argument with you. I don't have to say a word to you. I can just let my product and my work and my silence speak. When you reach out and tell me good show or you reach out and you, or people do things after being total shitbags and I don't respond to you, that silence is a fuck you. you well, know yeah, I mean? no, I, I fully understand. And I'm, I'm saying that all of the, the minor bullshit that, that we see happen still, even though everything in the world is going to shit, it, it feels so hollow now. You know, it yeah, feels I mean, like it's, it's, we it's all like love the same weird thing. We all love this weird, stupid, roll-on-the-ground, touch-butt-in-the-park thing. And it's it's amazing. It brings us all together. You know, it's 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 a beautiful gift. And right now, it's all it's in jeopardy. You know, we're seeing gyms reaching, like, financial breaking points, having to yes. close up all over. And it just – it breaks my heart to see everybody still nipping at each other when – jiu-jitsu's never been more at risk – than it has been right now in terms oh, yeah. of just communities. There's like places in, in the United States, like it, there are areas where you could throw a rock and hit five gyms, like skip it. And you'll just, mm -hmm. they're, they're all cloistered and really concentrated, but there's areas like having studied in upstate New York, I had to drive an hour and a half every weekend to get jujitsu. There was nothing. It, it was yep. like a dead zone. And if those places go, then whole massive areas will be left without any jujitsu. Yep. And I feel like not enough people are talking about that. And it just, it bums me out. So when I see people coming together, like you and we defy to make something positive happen in this really shitty time. And we've had, you know, TJ for, uh, from we defy on, He's a great with guy, man. Yeah, yeah. TJ, TJ's a, a fucking stud. He's, he's mad. He just raised four grand over the 4th of July. That's two scholarships right there, you know? So I mean, yeah. like that guy's hustling all the time. I mean, and he's and we had a, a, a friend of the show, uh, Dr. Kalura, on to talk about just how important jujitsu can be for veterans mm -hmm. that are coming back and are unable to, to have that same level of trust that they have with their 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 fellow soldiers, with the, the people in day to day life, and it's just it, that jujitsu helps break those barriers down and bring people together. That's amazing, you know. That's that's bigger mm -hmm. than everybody. That's bigger than us. It's bigger it's than jujitsu. It's just a it's, good it's, thing. Yeah, it's like the Weed of Five Foundation like connected with me because man, I, there was there was that point where I was three hundred plus pounds and I was snorting eight balls a night and drinking you know half a half a bottle of whiskey and and just rocking and rolling. Man, that was the music biz, and that was just my life for about three or four years where it was just nonstop whiskey, nonstop. I mean, there wasn't many women because I was a fat piece of shit, but there was Aww. a lot of drugs and there was a lot of alcohol. So, uh, but I was like 300 plus pounds, man. And it was just insane. And like, finally something just clicked and I, and, and, you know, I got my, started to get my life together. You know, I got back into college, things started going well, I got clean and I hit five years, uh, in June, June 2nd of this year. So it's been, uh, you know, from not from alcohol, but from like, you know, my substance of choice, so it's been it's been good, man. I mean, kind of, you know, being able to put that energy into into a good uh, into a, into something good and positive. You know, it's uh, you know jujitsu. Without it, I probably wouldn't definitely not own a jujitsu graphic promotion. But I definitely would have probably lost the weight I lost, got in shape, got the confidence, met my wife, 
I mean, there's a lot of things that come through. I mean, in our community, you know, Gracie Baja, Texas, under uh, Professor Draculino, a lot of the people in that community are the reason why 3CD exists, free legal service, free the, you know, like everybody wanted to just come in as a community and help us really, you know, in the beginning. And, you know, without them, it was, it's invaluable. So, I mean, you get the community, you get the workout and you get the mental, you know, you get the mental health aspects. I mean, I don't think there's, this is what jujitsu is what should be prescribed to a bunch of these assholes. They don't need to be on, you know, Lexapro or this, they need to go train more. You know what I mean? Like it's a, uh, that's kind of, that's kind of way I look at it. I think jujitsu should be like in schools. I mean, that's kind of our dream is to, to put it everywhere, you know, is to blow it up as big as possible to where, you know, when people think martial arts is, I think anything that jujitsu is where they go immediately. Yeah. I think we're starting to get to that point. Karate still, around so relevant and you know in any martial art you treat your, you teach your kid at a young age is always going to be beneficial because you're teaching them respect and you're teaching them goal attainment and discipline and all the other things that come along with a martial art but when you're teaching them jujitsu you're actually teaching them something that's a worthwhile uh self-defense mm-hmm. mechanism yeah it's 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 been, it's been great i can't say enough about it my partner's the same way you know he's a he's a combat vet as well west point grad and then you know my, my background as well so it's been it's near and dear to our heart. We've already, we've, we broke off checks to those guys already. We've done rash guard collabs together. We've done a lot of stuff since day one. So, I mean, we, we've always tried to support these guys. So this is just a good opportunity to kind of turn all that negativity and angst that's been going on in the world and like, Hey, let's, let's do something for a cause that's really going to help a lot of people. Now I, I would love to take this moment just cause I, I have been talking with my brother. Uh, he's a, a Marine uh, down South and uh, the situation is pretty dire for for the marines specifically so if at mm-hmm. a future event you could set up like a crayon collection drive for them that would you know that would really help them out and Definitely. i'm probably going to get some shit for that <laughs> <laughs> uh, i love yeah. you sean stay safe buddy <laughs> but i mean what, what, so what's up with you guys i mean what's up with you big Kevin? you are you just still i mean Florida just, I saw that they shut down in Miami day. They shut gyms and all that shit down again or something or what's going on, man. You know, I have been training at the gym. We have classes. We've been going full classes at the gym. So I've been training in those, uh, which again, we get away with because of some loopholes and like, it's not really very enforced. You know, we, we go into the purvey of a, uh, after school program and because we teach police officers there's you know there's all these things like that gray we areas. yeah exactly all these gray areas but um, uh, we live in the gray area right now yeah. exactly exactly and like it's funny man because there's a part of me again i am allowing myself to believe the narrative that this is just not that bad and i'm hoping that i'm correct because I'm not going to lie to you. There is a bit of me that is conflicted on a, on a conscientious level or on a, you know, a, a level of, you know, good, right. And wrong that I kind of feel bad <laughs> about going to the gym and training, but you know, life has to move on, you know, and it this, does. Yeah. This is, this is kind of what we're doing here. And until we get to the point where we start seeing, you know, dead bodies stacked in the streets. I mean, I don't know that we need to really change I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think, right. Like I said, wear a mask, wash your hands and and go about your days. I mean, if you're working out in a gym, like if you're, it's just so subjective. Like a symptomatic spread is very rare. It's not happening as much or, Oh, now you can, like people take that and they're like, Oh wait, you can spread it asymptomatically. But usually if you're showing symptoms, that means the viral load is at its peak. Right. And that should be when you're spreading, you know, the virus the most. 
And if you're not showing any symptoms, wouldn't that maybe say maybe you don't have a lot of the virus in you and you're not going to share it? I mean, or spread it. Who fucking knows? And even like even like me and you talking about it, like I consider myself a pretty educated person. I think you are the same, you know, and Kevin, eh, whatever. But but like as much as I read on the topic, as much as I research on the topic, trust me, I do. And I believe me, I try to keep a very open-minded approach because that's what I, I believe that I am an open-minded person. Sincerely. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I, I look at a journalistic integrity yeah, I'm the same that, way. I, that I try my best to make sure I look at both sides of the story. But when you keep getting, you know, when you keep getting news and you keep getting information that's changing over and over and over again, it's very difficult not to follow that. And it's very, I mean, even me and you, like intelligent people, I read stories. And I'm like, well, dude, like, a week ago you were saying something different and now we're saying this and like you know yeah infection rates are high but you know cases of deaths are going low i've seen things in florida that dictate to say that hospital beds are starting to fill back up again in ICU. they're saying that i mean in houston it's a it's a real reality i mean like my grandma i mean she had a i mean some lady that's been like a mom to me i've been dealing with this on top of everything she had a massive stroke uh like a couple of weeks ago and trying to deal with this and her care. Like, I mean, she's right hemisphere ischemic stroke, like straight up, you know, kind of lights out on the right hemisphere. So she's been paralyzed on her left side. And I mean, she can't really talk, can't, can't do anything. She can't walk. So she has a, an issue a few days ago and my dad has to run her out to the hospital at like 10 PM in the middle of all this craziness in downtown Houston. And they did not get her a bed until today at like yeah. two in the afternoon. She was and that's part of the problem. We are. You know, what I'm as, saying? Like, as hospital beds and as ICU start to become more and more full with COVID cases, because that's the thing, like pushed aside. Yeah, a lot of people aren't dying from this, but a lot of people need hospitalization, ICU utilization, which takes a, which takes hospital what? beds out of place. So now, if you're in a car accident or you had yep. a heart attack and you go to the hospital. Like there's not an ICU bed available for you. There's I not mean, even a hospital bed available for you. Like, like it just in a, the whole a, chaos. Super, super yeah. minor note. Like my earlier today, my mom dropped a pan on her foot, and we were so <laughs> worried that she she broke her toe. That, but we were in the back of our heads. We we're thinking, where are we going to take her? Like the or like every place where we would get it checked out is a potential Check, infection. Check zone. A chiropractor, they can fix anything. Yeah, no shit they can. <laughs> you get you a good chiropractor. That's all you need in life. That's man. all you need, man. There's always one of those jujitsu gym too. So you're oh, good. Oh always back alley chiropractor. There's always like the gym chiropractor. No exactly. shit. Exactly. Shout Yo, out man. Dr. AJ Vasquez. What's up? If you're listening to this. <laughs> Greg, Greg, Greg Swearns, our guy. Greg's in Axis. It's Axis too, actually. Axis chiropractor. And fucking, uh, <laughs> hey, dude. Hey, dude. In the same group. Dude, can I uh, can I can I get can I get a back crack? You know, just like good for it. Uh, <laughs> hey, when you get RH seven, you're gonna really really appreciate your chiropractor buddy. Oh, at your, your uh, screw screw that! I'm gonna live forever. They keep you going. You will. You might live I'm forever, but your back's still gonna, gonna go. Your body is gonna make really weird noises at, at certain points, and you're gonna need to get it checked out. So, oh, I've I've had to like readjust and crack my spine like eight times during this pop. Uh oh. Uh oh. Frozen, Kevin. Frozen Kevin, we'll keep it going for a second. Hey, Kevin's back here. Sorry about that. But um, the I think the only thing that I'm dealing with in a unique way is that Gordon Ryan repeatedly like bullies the governor of the state I live in, which has just been really fun to watch. <laughs> the Scott Murphy stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'll he's like, I can't help it. I'm like, you know, this could be a platform for him. 
take a run at him if you don't like him. <laughs> take a run and get at him. I think like, Gordon would probably want to put that guy unconscious if he ever met him. <laughs> I was yeah, referring Gordon, to Gordon's ruthless. Ruthless. I was ruthless. I was referring to like run against him. I mean, Gordon Ryan already like considered the Donald Trump of grappling. Basically, everybody <laughs> wants to put him like this guy's oh a fucking heretic. He wants he hates black people. He hates uh, he, he hates homeless people. He hates, I'm like, come on, man. Like, like, look, yeah, it's not that bad. Person, if you're a human being on this planet and you can't say, hey, look, black people in America have not been given a fair shake because just out of getting bed, us three here, we have an advantage just by getting out of bed every day because of the color of our skin. Yeah. That's what they're saying. They're not saying black lives matter more. They're saying, Hey, let's just get things on a little equal playing field and just give us a shot. You know, that's another, that's another, we're, we, we live in we so we live in such a, we live in such a world of absolutes anymore where people just can't see the other side it, of people's evil. I was that dumb racist redneck. I mean, I was raised with, I probably heard the N-word way too much growing up, you know, where right. I was from in, in South Texas. Right. And, uh, you know, growing up, I joined the military real young and I got to be exposed to a lot of different cultures and people. And that really, you know, one of my best friends was, was a black guy uh, in the military. What's up from Mario? But that, I mean, I, I never got that. I mean, the racist stuff I saw and I heard growing up. But I was like, why was always my like, why are you saying these things about these people? And then like, oh, this is how you got to be, you know. So if you see, a, you know, oh, you shouldn't date with outside your race. And like, it was just like crazy, like brain southern brainwashing. And like, yeah. And, and you know, and, and the important thing to remember, and this is the biggest issue, because, again, this is another thing I've researched a lot on just because it's been in my mm -hmm. head a lot. You know, the important, the important thing to remember is that, like, to a certain extent, slavery in America never died. And people that <laughs> deny that are just lost they don't they don't understand it like you know it's indentured servitude at this point as well yeah it, well you know the 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 evil mental philosophies between oh. between whites being dominant to blacks have been has still been in the mindset or those little and it's not exactly the same thing but you think you, you think situation of slavery so you had slavery southern people on slavery they take slaves away now do you think all of a sudden the whites and the blacks in the south are fucking cool <laughs> you think the white no. and you know and again even to take it a step farther at the time slavery was legal it was a now, horrible as, horrible stain on humanity but slavery as, was legal as much you know? as i would love as much as I would love to get into the completely botched <laughs> reconstruction post-American Civil War, which Let's I would love you, to do. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I would love to do it. I gotta, uh, I just, I feel like we should stay on task because. Well, you did. I have an advanced degree. I thought we were having a good, I thought we were going to a good spot too. But, you know, I, I, I didn't, you didn't realize I have an advanced degree about etymology. I can't even say the fucking word in, in African-American studies. So. Mine's in social work. So I kind of, <laughs> I kind of get it from all, all over. Well, what the fuck's the word? Etymology? You said it earlier. Etymology. Etymology. Etymology? I thought it was entomology. Or that may be a different word. I think etymology is the study of bugs, actually. Well, none of us really have a good grasp of the English language. And I have a journalism degree. So that's that's wonderful. But, okay, so there was a question I really wanted to ask you just because Third Coast Grappling has definitely – catered to a wide variety of combat sports athlete is there anyone you have yet to get on a card from either like an mma background collegiate oh. wrestling or uh strictly brazilian jiu-jitsu that you would love to get on a future card um man thinking about it i can probably give you a couple of names and these are guys that we've almost like jt torres and like you know levi jones leary you know all these guys are stuff that we potentially could have stuff down the road, you know, together. But 
I mean, the the big names like the Bucheches and the, and all that, you know, that's 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 big money. Those guys aren't coming out for, you know, anything less than than big bucks. And you know, they're not taking a reduction because of the coronavirus, you know, you know, discount. They're not they're not playing that. But uh, you know, um, I would probably say uh, Felipe Pena. I would say Perguisa. I mean. I've trained with him. He's uh, from my same lineage. You know, we're, you know, he's every time he comes into town, he's a good guy, but I, I've always wanted that Felipe and Gordon match. So, I mean, you know, if we, if that ever does happen and we put it together, I mean, Felipe's told me he only wants to do it with me, Gordon, you know, I, I just told both of them, I'm like, go do it. On, who's number one at flow grappling, let them pay you both what you want and, right. and let me just watch it. Like yeah, I'm so it. tired of negotiating this because I've been doing it for like a year. And it's the most frustrating thing in the world because I think they're fucking trolling me half the time. I'm like, are you serious? Like you say yes to this and now you want to change it to this. And now you say yes to this and this to that. So it's, it'll happen when it's, when it's time to happen. I'd like to see it happen when jujitsu is back at its peak, like at an ADCC trials or, you know, something like, like that. Super, super event or something like that. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, Grand Prix I'm not or something. athletes $20,000 to compete one time on my day anymore. Like we're out of that business. Would you get like, the Sheik of Dubai to pay for it? Because you don't give no, a shit. <laughs> no, we're actually sustainable now. Like the yeah, Kumite right. events have made money for us. And, uh, cool. you know, we haven't taken a loss since last year. So we, we actually are growing now as a business. And we've we've restructured and we've, and we've gotten some new capital in. And we've really done a lot of good, you know, things over, over the coronavirus break. So, I mean, as far as business-wise, I mean, Thurkos has been the best shape we've ever been in. So, I mean, as far as the rest of the year, August 8th, you know, September, October, I mean, I mean, we're coming up. Uh, I mean, we're we're still got six or seven events we're going to crank out this year, and they're going to be, you know, they're going to be top notch. We're just going to keep getting better. You know, each one that we keep, each one that we try to put out. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question real quick. So you talked about how Bacheche and some of these bigger name games, like maybe Torres, don't come out because you're not paying them enough. Like, who is paying these guys? I mean, I, maybe you're more privy. Well, Seth, to sorry, the reality didn't, of it. didn't pay those guys. But yeah, no, right. no, but legitimately, but, I mean, honestly, we were paying. I mean, I'll tell you something. I mean, our first year in business, I put out almost three hundred thousand dollars in fighter pay, almost three hundred k. Our first year, like we came in and we said, you know, what? we're putting it all on the table. It's all or nothing. Like we're not going to do this small build up and do this. We're, you know, like we've told you before, we wanted to hack the line and just get our brand out there and just and just work it out as we go. And uh, we we learned some hard lessons that first year. You know, like. It's it's the super fight format, I think, as a whole, the way we were doing it, it wasn't sustainable. You know, so I think pivoting to where tournaments are, are working, you maybe smoke pay a little bit of show money to somebody right. where you know, you know, to have them come out and compete in the tournament rather than rather than paying them five thousand to show, five thousand to win, five thousand to submit. And then if you, then if they win, you get the bit there's yeah, still the I mean, opportunity you, to you make the big money. Fights, you gotta win you it. Get Ten grand or something, you know? Right. And I'll cover your flight and your lodging and I'll give you a little bit of show money if if, right. if you're at that level. I mean, that's that's reasonable right now. And I think the days of, you know, $10,000 show money to this guy and that who's ever paying it is not in it to make money. They're in it I for just, their ego. They're I can't see I can't see a reason why Pachecha and some of these bigger names that in the in, in the past might not have come out for smaller bullshit events. But the level of, you know, professional jujitsu, I mean, I, I imagine you could still pay a, a couple grand, three, four grand, five yeah. grand. You know, I mean, that's pretty damn good money well, for a night's work. Like I, I said, think that the, I the higher level you get, I feel like the the more you're able to demand based against the risk of injury. But you know, I feel against, like but what are you demanding well, also, it for? You gotta look at the, a lot of these guys want to protect their image. They want to protect their, you know, their wins, and like they don't want to, yeah, they don't want to take too big of a risk that might make them look bad. And that's just that's just the honest truth. There's some guys that 
preach that uh, the no ego bullshit in jujitsu, but have the biggest egos and will not compete unless every rule is exactly to the T. Our weight is perfectly this. The opponent is this. I mean, even people come to me, hey man, this guy's off a loss. I'd really like to, you know, kind of do this. You know, like I'm like, what? Yeah, but my point, my point is this: is like I can't see a world where uh, you know Bacheche is doing well enough that making five grand for an event. You know what I'm talking about for a couple hours of work and a trip to Houston is not worth his wild, regardless of the outcome. I mean, what is he really doing? Like, and how much damage is really going to be done to his reputation at this point? Because honestly, like, I don't know. T- I mean, Pachetch is a big name, Torres is a big name, but in the world of modern professional jiu-jitsu, no one even knows who the hell they are. Like JT, you know, we had him versus Lucas Valente, which was going to be a great a match at 3CG, the one we canceled. So, you know, I mean, he's a reasonable guy. I mean, his ask, you know, money-wise wasn't unreasonable. I mean, it just didn't work out. You know, we had shot a ton of footage and content with some of, you know, like the Sonder Marketing Alexis that runs uh, Jiu-Jitsu Radio. You know, those guys. So, you know, we we had him shoot a lot of stuff for us down there. And, uh, you know, it it, it was great. (laughs) (laughs) But, but yeah, man, those guys, it's, it's just a matter of, it's just, I think, opportunity. I mean. I don't like Buchecha and those guys. They don't really have to fight anymore, you know. Like, I mean, a lot of them I think come from well-to-do families, probably yeah. well-to-do backers. I mean, Ruka has been a big supporter of Buchecha for a long time. You know, I'm sure he makes good sponsorship money. I mean, if some of these smaller guys are having like people paying their airfare and wanting to pay their show money for them to compete on our cards, you can only imagine what some of these you know giants of of the game are getting offered. You know, like, I Buchecha, still. I I sorry, I mean I I still well, feel like sometimes that and maybe maybe I'm wrong in this regard. I still feel like that sometimes there's like a like an old school kind of uh, block with the old more established Brazilian academy oh, that some of the, that yeah. just is like no 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 you save it for the IBJJF or you save it for the ADCC or you save it for whatever. There's you a know. huge block like that. Yeah, like, and, and because that's not real jujitsu, and it's it's it bothers me. That that's still something. I don't think it's as big as it used to be, but no, I still it's, think there's that's some kind of an ugly stench in that. Well, and that's something like you'll see like the new age of promoter coming out, right? Like you got like well, Joshua Duck's been around a while, but you got like uh, a Jordan Peetzman guy that does the Woodstock stuff, and then yeah, uh, Pice you know, shout other, out, shout out to Subspectrum. He's a, you know, a friend like, of the show. I, the, us us new guys coming up, the new generation, you know. We don't have all that baggage of being a, a black belt for 10 or 12 years and know all the bullshit and the BJJ politics and being or know all the stories. Like I, I like being ignorant to some of this stuff because right. it allows me to work with anybody and not have to worry about bias towards this or that or heard about some story from 2009 Worlds where the guy called you a pussy or something and now you don't want me to work with him. Like I don't have time for any of that. So it's like it's good to be kind of ignorant to a lot of some of the the, the history and past of some of these guys. Cause I'll, I'll make any match as long as it makes sense, you know? So that's cool, man. That's a good, that's a good thought of that. I never thought of it that way yeah. about yeah. being ignorant to it and just saying like, fuck it. I don't give a fuck. I don't, like, get, I don't, I'm know, glad I don't know. I don't know. Half the shit. Know. Like my professor, uh, Dracolino comes to me and he tells me, you know, uh, I, I hear all these stories from just not just him, but other people I'm like, Holy shit. I'm like, I wish you would have told me that. Yeah. <laughs> like like I, I'm just, but I still put it in the back of my mind. Like, um, like there's been some controversy, like Roberto Jimenez's dad, amazing guy, Raul. Uh, you know, if you've ever been to a, a jujitsu event and you've seen Raul on his son's yeah. corner, you'll yeah. hear him very, yeah. very loudly. Big dude, look, so kind of looks like, kind of looks like uh, Smash Bash J a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like like a Puerto Rican Smash Bash J. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's awesome, man. I mean, but you know, he rubs some people the wrong way, and you know, he's he's very passionate about stuff. But like 
for some reason we've, we've always gotten along, but there's always just been history and people this. And, you know, that's when I finally had to put it out. Like I'm in like a no gossip thing anymore. Like I don't care about any of these guys past. I don't care what this promoter did to you two years ago. I don't care about any of this stuff. I care about how we can work together and if we can put an exciting match on together and if we can help build your brand and help build our brand at the same time. That's the way I approach everybody now. Like it's no more, you know, I don't, I just, when you start talking, like you don't know me like that for us to even be talking about something that personal. So for people right. to just come up and be like, hey, did you see what so-and-so said? And I've never met the person in person. It just is kind of disrespectful. Like, no, I didn't see it. Like I probably have them unfollowed or muted or, you know, like on purpose, like I don't want to see that shit, you know? So it's uh, the new age that's coming up. I think there is an old guard in jujitsu. No offense, Kevin. <laughs> but, uh, there, no, but uh, there is an older guard and there was an old cons uh, the conservative way jujitsu was done in, in Brazil and the whole, you know, master student, you know, you know, you know, thing. But I've been lucky to have a professor that's been real open with it. You know, he's never played the politics with me. He's never been real, you know, or tried to direct me one way or another. And he's just allowed me to kind of free think and give me good advice and mentor me just from his experience in the industry. So that's been a big plus is just, you know, we've kind of the way things were is what made me start third coast grappling. I went to an event in Houston that was um, that was kind of like a, a fight to win kind of knockoff in a way a little bit. I wouldn't say a knockoff, but they have kind of the same model, you know, loaded up with a bunch of super fights and they, and that was it. But there was no like big names on their cards. So like some of these cards were going to like one or one thirty in the morning. I think a friend of mine fought to, at like one thirty in the morning in a blue belt match in front of like three people. And I was just <laughs> like, fuck man, like this, this is it. Like, you know, I've been to fight to wins and I was, I was like, cool. That's a cool environment. But I was like, I just, I just felt there was, I was a grappling fan and, and an MMA fan. And, and I was like, my cocky blue belt self was like, fuck it, let's go try and change the game. <laughs> and it was a, it was a bit of a bumpy ride, but I mean, we're kind of settling into our own, like our second year, we've got our numbers down. We've got our formats down, our setups, our teardowns. We've got our scheduling, our production is getting better every event. So, I mean, I mean, like I said, it's, it's it's about evolving. And and what I'm seeing, you know, with the old guard is that it's an old way of thinking about things, very linear, very kind of, you know, the way it's always been, where it's kind of my mind's all over the charts. You know, I'm throwing a Royal Rumble with nine kids on Saturday, like literally a Royal Rumble. Like I'm literally, we're going to have like the Undertaker's theme song, Stone Cold, like two kids are going to start in the middle and go at it. And then we're going to have the crowd counting down 10, nine and then the music's gonna hit and the next kid's gonna run down and jump on the on one of them like it, there could potentially be nine kids on the, on the mat at one time trying to submit each other that's pretty so funny. it's gonna be that shit crazy that's hilarious so <laughs> let's talk about the bracket real quick before we go so what what are you what are you what are some of your favorites for this event so who are some of the guys you think have the biggest opportunities to win this thing and why Man, uh, like Arnaldo Madonna, I mean, he's not super one. He won Nogi Worlds, I believe, in 2017. And then Augusto, you know, he's a, he's they're, they're both really accomplished, you know, heavier, heavier weight guys that haven't really gotten the shine that, you know, that they that they deserve. But they do have some um, some good credentials. So expect those matches between Cyborg, especially Madonna, to be more. I mean, it's going to be action packed. I mean, they both come out heavy yeah. clubs. I mean, they're going to want to, you know, push the pace. So that's a tough match for Cyborg. A lot of people don't really know Madonna, but he's going to he's going to put up a good match. So watch that match in the first round. Obviously, Roberto and Nikki. And then I think it'll be interesting to see uh, Johnny Tama, how he plays uh, with Augusto, which I think Tama needs to try and keep it on his feet and kind of you know, and, and outpace him and just kind of scramble and not, you know, obviously don't get held down because the guy's probably going to have a hundred pounds on him or, 
you know, at least 80 pounds. Tomlin's 80 got a really pounds. good guard though. He played, he played some of his butt really good. I saw him against, he gave, he gave Pedro Marino some fits when they, when they went. Oh man. Yeah. It's King. Yeah. For, and they just, or Pedro and Johnny just fought each other again, but man, Pedro snatched the guillotine like it was. Oh, it's insane. Like it, Man, and I, I never seen, him, I and it's not, he just grabs it, just rips your head off. There ain't, I, I train, <laughs> and like I train with him, and it's like I go in there always just trying to shoot on him and act all crazy. And you'll shoot one time on Pedro, and then you'll walk your throat will feel like you have strep throat for like a week from from his guillotines. It's just uh, that, it's just a different feel. Like these guys are coming up with these different tweaks on techniques and different takes on them, and I, it's just it's something it's something weird to see. Yeah, but don't, uh, don't forget Barbosa either. Barbosa is freaking. Oh, that's what I was going up to next. Nobody's like, really talking about him. Now, Lucas is is obviously the favorite on that side of the bracket in the finals. Yeah. That's why I'm not really saying much about him. Like Lucas yeah. is going to come in and he's going to put on a show. I mean, he's looking leaner. He's looking in better shape. You know, he was training with those guys down at uh, Guigos with uh, Herbert Santos and those guys in uh, in Brazil. You know, uh, Asaki Bayanis. They were all training together. You know, probably you know <laughs> just just mixing, having a good time. Uh, and you know, it's. I don't know. It's anybody's thing, but I think I would call it probably a Lucas. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's tough, <laughs> such tough on that side. Luke, Roberto. I'm going to just call Roberto. I'm calling I, it. The kids, the I, kids get to the finals. I, th- I tell you, man, I tell you, that's a bold, that's a bold prediction, but I don't think it's completely out of the question. I think the way, the way Roberto is playing is, is, is going right now. It's just a question of whether or not he'll be able to impose his game on these bigger guys. Because Roberto, he's, he's not a small kid. He's going to be, he's probably going to be coming in close to 200 pounds. He's a big kid, probably 190 ish or so. He'll be walking well, yeah, around. Yeah, probably come in between. Probably like he, for the 180, he was cutting from I think 195. So okay, he'll probably come up. He'll probably come in around 195, 200 fully. Yeah, he's a, he's up. definitely a big kid. He's a really big kid. But you know, Abreu is massive, and Nick Rodriguez is massive. I was and just gonna. He, I was. I was just gonna say in my mind, uh, Cyborg foot sweeps everybody. Uh, <laughs> And just like takes it, I w- I'm really interested to see how that second match on the the left bracket's gonna go. Just because I have no like I I like we all like Nikki. Uh, I of just course. I want I, I can't I can't wait to see how he does. I want to know if he's changed his game up at all. You know, since Gordon like, said he has. I mean, Gordon says that Nikki's been like developing a leg game. He's been the thing that's gonna be interesting is I think whoever can get to the back first. If Roberto can get yeah. to Nikki Rod's back. And choke out Nikki Rod, the whole fucking world's gonna explode. Now like, the here's the thing: I think gonna explode. I think after that uh, EBI overtime loss at Submission Underground to Kyle oh. Bam, he's probably just done nothing but back escapes, just really solid. I I loved an image in my head Roberto of just so he's so good on the back. He's so good I know, when he gets I on know. shit. And he's good at getting there too. If I, he gets, I, that's what I'm saying. If he gets, yeah. to, and he has so many setups from the feet, from standing. I mean, there's so many different setups to get to the back. I mean, it's it's him and Nikki's gonna be fun. Like Gordon said, he's seen the match in the gym a lot of times, and he said that. This is one that you're definitely going to want to strap in for. I mean, for, <laughs> so, personally, so his arm, his arm drag, like his his like his guard pull arm drag to back take is just so smooth. Where he crosses that arm over, even in the yeah. gi, he does it so well. It's just it's it's hard to it's hard to beat. Oh my yeah, god, he, this bracket. Nick is so just bad. such a he's just such a competitor. You know, he's just such a what he lacks in 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 
and technical know-how, but he's also a very intelligent kid that picks up things and so gift athletically gifted. Well, his double is great just because he'll put his head right into your <laughs> sternum. And so he's like like he's just like stiff. Jordan Burroughs style just yeah, Jordan Burroughs. Oh my God. Wow. Let, let's get him on one of these. Holy oh, shit. Trust, like we've got some stuff working. Like we're honestly we're trying to do some uh some co some co-platform stuff to where we're gonna do uh you know collegiate wrestlers we're developing the rule set right now but we're going to do eight collegiate wrestlers you know like under three cg you know hybrid rules that we're developing still but do it on flow wrestling so uh, that's why the thing is grappling like we wanted to not pigeonhole ourselves into a jujitsu or professional jujitsu format like we have aspirations to go and professionalize on the wrestling side and really give them you know give us some brackets the olympics are postponed the trials were postponed let's throw eight of these guys in a bracket ten thousand dollars in wrestling like as yeah. a prize, like these guys are fucking. They're like, what? Yeah. Like ten thousand dollars, I get to win. Yeah, like, opportunity to compete still. I mean, so, Bo, like, what's interesting is that like Bo Nickel has expressed in interviews, like once the like <laughs> like through the Olympics, like he's like, I've only trained jujitsu like twice. I would love to to get back into. He wants like, that Gordon match back, and uh, I kept telling like Howell and those guys that Flo Gravel, I'm like, hey guys, here's a good match, <laughs> take it. <laughs> Like, like this is this is like served up on a platter. Like you guys have been pushing the wrestling and jujitsu angle on your platform. Like here it is. Like Bo Gordon. Like we're just not into that anymore, man. Like I'm not into paying that kind of money for one match anymore. Like it's especially right now. Like you can't have spectators. You can't do anything. So it's like your 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 revenue is basically pretty fixed right now. So you've got to. We've had to get really. We've had to get creative, but. Um, you know, we got sponsors like Marriott's came in and sponsored us. I mean, we've got a lot of, of good support during this time. So, I mean, we're growing and, and, and we're going to keep going. But, yeah, like I said, I think, you know, unbiased pick Roberto versus uh, Lucas in the finals. That's, That's what I'm thinking. What a great match that is. I think uh, the BJJ Fanatics Grand Prix they did. Yeah. I think it'd be a rematch. No, he didn't fight him there. That was a ta- – no, wait. No, that was Cody Steele that fought uh, Barbosa. I think oh. I think it's Nick. I think it's Nick and Barbosa, but I think it's Nick. I think Nick and Cyborg have the match of the fucking Ooh. decade. I think they want Man, to try to I, kill each I'm other. telling you, our rule set and Gordon even said it. Like our rule set is tailor made for Nicky because like he can do his thing in regulation and eleven points aren't given. That guy's motor and his skill set and just his go at you makes yeah. it really easy for him to score, especially you know against you know guys that maybe not be so well adverse on the feet. And our rules push the action. Put you know you can't stall. You have to really get after it. So. I think if Nicky Rod takes Roberto into overtime, Roberto has to finish him. I don't think Roberto's going to beat him by decision. And I don't think he's going to beat him in overtime. It's going to have to be a crazy submission. But I think Nicky Rod, if he gets him to overtime, I think he can score and win. Uh, you're, I think you're underestimating just how piss furious Cyborg is going to be going into this match just because of Nick's. Like, well, he's got he's to he's still got to beat Maeda. I know that's true. After Ooh. after after that whole like after that ADCC. Like Nick went on a tear, just rebranding himself as the black belt slayer, and everyone was pointing to like, yeah, he fought Ali, but like that cyborg match was the real one where everyone was like, oh shit, and Orlando Sanchez, what he did with him? Yeah, oh, shit. I I, I completely impressive. forgot about that. That might have been the most impressive thing. Yeah, I, I yeah. remember sitting in the lobby talking to the fight sports guys, and they're like, "There's no way he beats Muhammad. There's no way you know yeah. that happens." And then, then he beats Nick them. goes out and beats Muhammad, and then we're yeah. sitting there, and they're like. No chance at Cyborg. No, there's no way, you know, he's going to come get him, beat Cyborg. And now everybody's like, no, there's no way he's going to beat, you know, uh, Big O. Big O, he can't take him down. Beats Big O. And everybody's like, 
like bro, just he fucking like, head just... snatched big fucking Orlando's <laughs> hand. Like head just fucking pulled him down and got there. You know how you know how big and strong that fucking guy is, dude. He's a monster. His name, his nickname is the Cuban said, tree hey. stump. <laughs> Kynan was like, there is levels to this shit, but yeah. congrats. <laughs> but Kynan's on a different level right now. I mean, uh, that guy's getting ready to compete down there at BJJ Stars. And I think yeah. him and Kynan and or him and Felipe Pregresa and the Gi. It's never happened before. It's gonna be a. I, I wanted to make that match. That was one we wanted to do. But I uh, mean, Pena. Yeah, no, Pena and uh, Kynan. Yeah. Oh right, right, yeah. So that's gonna I think, be. Um, I think uh, we're not too far away from from seeing Connie Duarte and uh, really like taking over. I, I think I think he's got enough game to give Gordon Ryan a real legit run here pretty soon. I think <laughs> those guys just... Atos are getting there. Kynan just has that 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 real slow kind of mudslide type game. You know what I mean? Like right. he doesn't do like when I watched the Spider Invitational, it's like he'll move like three or four times and then like win. You know, like it's those rule sets that allow that type of stuff. The guys that are so used to like the IBJJF and like, mm -hmm. okay, I just got to get the guard pass and then I'll, I'll I'll ride out the points win. That's why people are like, oh, well, why don't you let the why don't you let people win by points? You know, why does it go to overtime if they don't get eleven? Because I don't want to have a yeah. match that just ends. So they can't do that, like, right? They can't you're going to do that. You're going to play the rules and you're going to try and score and install the rest of the time. So yeah. we make it either you go and you tech the guy or you submit him or you're going into overtime where you really have to get after it. Yeah, I, I mean, like that just, rule format too. I really like that rule format a lot. So it's it's a uh, it just it take it gives the best of both worlds, best of points, best of sub only. So that's kind of kind of kind of why we built our rule set the way we did. Oh man, this is gonna be so much fun. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a solid place to end. Holy shit! Just a, yeah, a, a great massive, time, a massive, massive card. We're so excited, Ryan. Thank you so much for stopping by, giving us your two cents on the goings on and some. Some looks at your thoughts on this massive card happening July 11th. Do not miss it. Mm -hmm. um, I appreciate you guys, man. I mean, it was uh, it's always fun to come talk to you guys. And, uh, you know, things are in a much better place for me and just for the business and for everybody. And I think there's a lot of good vibes and and positivity going into this event and just beyond. So we appreciate you guys as well having us, you know, letting us come yeah, on sure. and, and, and promote the event and, and just shoot the shit with you guys for a little bit. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'll be watching this weekend for sure. I'm excited. It's, I mean, it's, it's just there's so many, like, so many, so many Cinderella stories and so many exciting uh, storylines. I'll make sure to uh, give the Kevin's a shout out, Dirty Uncle Kevin. My dog, my dog. Well, Thank I'll you, make sure you give well, a shout on out. The, on the cusp of that, I will announce that uh, I was supposed to be uh, at this most recent event, but you know, due to concerns he of me up. not. Yeah, not, not I did stand you up, but it was not because of your event. It was because I do not trust going on a plane right now. Which I, I don't it's a lot more you, understandable. But I will make the the promise that one day both young and old Kev will be. You're competing on the card, so <laughs> both of y'all. So y'all better fucking start training now because oh, I'm thinking winning time frame. Maybe the two Kevin's in a tag team match versus. I kinda, a I, that's not too bad. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. I liked like, it. You got to give me a week. I will. Oh shit! I will. I will go into a tag submission underground style tag team match with Kevin G. <laughs> no, a third you, grappling style yeah. tag team Ooh, match. Okay. okay. I mean, like, All right. Underground, and, and they, they're the originators of Canada. But our rule set with the tag team format, man, like it's we have, it's insane. We, we have to find another podcast tandem to take us on. It'll be like a battle, battle for the with a mill or somebody. Oh, I got I got it. Mill, he's too good. Open guard. <laughs> I don't want to get. I don't want to get embarrassed and get submitted <laughs> by a meal. Open guard. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never Jake Watson. 
Jake Watson of the Open Guard Cast. We're calling you guys out. Ooh. How about that? All right. Open okay. Guard Cast versus Jiu-Jitsu Times Podcast. I will make that happen. We will make that fight happen. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly. I like that. I like that. Jake's I like gonna that. kick my. I've, I've talked to him a few it. times. He's a really swell guy. He's just gonna eat me alive. Hey, Kev, you, you cool doing this whole thing? I'll just sit there. I'll give you moral support. <laughs> hey, we'll tag give me you the platform. Whatever. If you we'll try and platform. tag me in for this match, I'm gonna take my hand away. I'm not gonna. <laughs> You're gonna pull a Craig Jones and Nikki Rod versus Vinny Magalash and Kyle Bam and just kind of. Uh, oh, there. Hey, Kev. Hey, you're doing great, Kev. Keep it up. I'll have burritos. I'll just be like. You just got to stand up, bud. You're sitting there drinking a, drinking a saloon door beer. Just enjoying yourself. <laughs> on this oh, shit. I got to put this down. Tag me in. <laughs> all right. Well, but that... I'm serious. Hey, tag team. I'm all about the tag team for fun. Me and my partner, Zach, are like fun against another. We're trying to either get another promoter or just another fun you know, duo, maybe like Brian Cushing and like somebody else. Like me and my partner are really doing this. So once oh, I start back training next week, we're, I think, probably. I would say our September October event, we're gonna we're gonna come out and do a tag team match. Me and my, yeah, my, and my knees jacked, man. I got a fucking stress fracture in my knee. I was supposed to be on Joshua Duke's card next week. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do it or not. But I'm I'm definitely gonna I definitely got another month or so. I'm just gonna say fuck it and start training again. I can't well, do that's well hey, maybe Halloween time is good for everybody. You know, we I our mean, Halloween we, show is gonna be uh kind of like the weekend before Halloween, or I think it's mid mid October actually. That would be perfect. And Texas weather's real nice. Hopefully, coronavirus is not as bad. And then we can all dress up like assholes, do yeah, cool like walkouts, and then y'all can fight. Like I like that. I, I will be drinking beer. I, I, you don't have to put me on camera. I'll just sit in the corner. But I, I will oh, man, they got me. They were like, Ryan, hey, we saw you handing beer to the commentators. I'm like, all right. <laughs> you got me. Right, you're right. You're right. I'm like, we just have a whole. We have a podcast, a BJJ podcast invitational where all the athletes are just different podcasts. You got to get Rapid Sparza in there with uh, somebody over there. Ooh, like you know what? That's actually I. I kind of like that. I like where you're going with that. Raph let Raph, loves Raph, the let, Raph <laughs> pick, let Raph pick a partner. I got. We. I think. I think. I think you and Raph. That's and the way right there. Raph gets a black belt, about two hundred pounds. I think. I think we. I think that's our fucking goal. What about Raph yeah? and Jordan Keats, man? Raph and Jordan versus you guys. Oh shit! All right. Well, Jordan just got his brown belt, so I got. I have. Okay, so if it's October, I have a set amount of time to actually learn jujitsu. Because <laughs> I'll tell you, the the full disclosure, I've been faking it this whole time. I've never rolled once in my entire life. So I got. Oh, I got a few months to really get good. <laughs> and, and see how Brittany from Grappling Hearts is just a commentating now, on the massacre that's happening. We'll set it up for charity. We'll do something cool with it, man, and really like blow it up on the platform. You know what? Down, you know dude, what, I'm Ryan? We'll okay. We'll this is going to be I'm fun. Saying, we'll we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. You better not embarrass me, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll, we'll this also this legal soul man Kevin can rip somebody's uh, ACL off. So I mean, it'll, it'll be fun for everybody. That's right. That's right. Just, but, just but like Rafa Sparza walks to the ring with Tex Johnson, and your eyes light up. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah, I go and get Tex again. I'm Fuck Tex. I'm gonna beat that fucker. That's right. I don't, I, don't get me started. I didn't want to kind of blow the on this Royal Rumble stuff. We're gonna do like old vintage WWE walkouts. And like, there's gonna be a point probably where we're gonna hit the Undertaker's theme, and we're gonna have every. If you're on the match, you gotta freeze, and all the lights are gonna go out, and the Undertaker theme is gonna hit. And we're gonna have the spotlight, and the kid's gonna do the walk, and then the kid's gonna do the arm raise, and the lights are gonna come up <laughs> on the baby. Then he's gonna jump in and start whipping everybody's ass. Now, so are, are we, we talking? Are we talking American badass Undertaker or dead man Undertaker? Straight up, no, no, like doom, like old school, like cryptic, oh, okay. like, sacrifice Stephanie McMahon, like hell yeah. <laughs> so, all right. It's gonna well, be, uh, 
It's going to be great. You just tune in. in this week and I think you guys will enjoy the show. In 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 no time at all, I've <laughs> now agreed to be a part of a theoretical podcast battle royale with my <laughs> podcast husband oh, Kevin Gallagher. We got to start calling Rafa Spars out. You got to you got to start talking shit to Rafa. I think, I think it's time to call Rafa out. I think I Kevin. Think I think you're the man to do it. I think, I think you're the, oh shit. Call us. <laughs> hey, that. Get one of your uh, your Hollywood buddies to come join us and let, let's have a little uh, let's have a little scrap. Oh my God. All right. Well, there's a very good chance I'm just going to cut all that, but this has been an incredibly lively episode of the Jiu Jitsu Times podcast. I have been your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher, and fan favorite guest, Ryan McGuire. Ryan, but (laughs) definitely not promoter favorite, but I love you guys. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep putting on badass shows. Thanks for having us out, having me on here. Once again, that's, once again, that's July 11th. Go check out that card. It's absolutely 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Florida time. Yeah, we're on the same as the, the same time as the UFC. But you know what? You've had the recall button on your fucking TV right. since you're five years old. Like, let's click get it, it back and forth. Click it back and forth. Back and forth. Let's go. Be there or be square. Good night, everybody. Right on, guys. Yeah, man.